That's a good start. That's a good start. Encouraging, right? <laughs> um, if you haven't got your exercise this morning, so just keep sitting. Walking home is, is helpful too. Um, we are so excited uh, to be here. I myself uh, am excited to be here. And I am great, uh, glad to see so many people here. Praise the Lord. Praise God uh, that we can do this. Amen? That we can gather together, we can worship our God, and we can actually talk about things that matter. And this is what we intend to do today. Uh, do you guys know what the topic of today's um, forum is? Thank you. I can't hear. Love and purity. Thank you. Thank you. That's a very uh, accurate statement. And um, we have some exciting things prepared. We will get right into them. But before we do that, I would like to um, read a passage, introduce um, my co-host, and we'll dive right in. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 5, and this is what is written here. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the, two, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So Apostle Paul is saying that this is a mystery. Let me tell you, I agree with him. I don't know how I found Natasha or she found me. This was a mystery to me, but it happened. Solomon was perplexed and he was saying three things I can't understand, cannot understand. Three things, right? One of them, four. Thank you, Alex. Four things. One of them is how a man finds his way to a woman. And this is what we're going to be talking about. This is what uh, we will try to open up. But Paul is talking a little bit more. He's saying that the mystery is actually the marriage here on earth is representation of our union with Christ. So we as Christians understand that marriage is not simply... I like somebody, she likes me, let's get married and have a good time. For a Christian, it's a representation of what is coming. Our marriage to our Christ, to our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the beauty. This is very spiritual, my friends. What we're going to be talking about here today, we're going to tackle some, some tough questions. But always remember that we are talking about things that are actually spiritual. And that's how we need to receive them, with faith. Amen? Are we ready? Uh, not so much excitement on sister's side. Sisters, are you ready? Are you here? Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I see some support there. I'm going to invite Natasha. Natasha. Uh, my wife, Natasha, uh, of seven years and counting, is here. And we are so thrilled to host this evening. 
Yes, we are. Good evening, everyone. As you figured, what my name is, Natasha, right here. That's my husband, right there. His name is Dennis. And if you didn't know, he's, um, he's awesome. I, I'm not bored with him at all <laughs> in seven years. And Thank I'm you. excited Thank that you. we are able, we're blessed, we're honored to do this together. So without further ado, let's dive into the fun stuff. Everybody's curious, what is it like after the I do? So there's like life before marriage and there's life after marriage. And we cannot do it alone. As you can tell, there are three tables. We are going to invite three couples and we're going to ask them some interesting questions. And I would like to introduce our first couple. Their name is Alex and Olga Slobodyanik. The picture is going to come on. Yes, please come, come up, take a table. You're the first one. So they met in 2001. They haven't formally dated. So that's probably new to uh, a lot of you. They got engaged in the year of 2007, June, beginning of summer, and were married in about six months in December of 2007. Um, their age and wedding day was 26 and 25, just so you have an idea of, you know, the couple and, um, yes, kind of their background. They have three wonderful children, two girls and one boy. They are married for 14 years. So, um, right. here they are. Right. Welcome. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> All right. All right. Our next couple is a very special couple. They're our special friends. That's why they're special to us. Uh, it's Mark and Gala Alabiev. Uh, please take your seats. And I feel like a drum roll would be appropriate right here, right? Um, Mark and Gala, uh, they're locals. They were uh, born and raised here, if I don't mistake, uh, if I'm not mistaken, right? You were born in the U.S.? Not Gala, that Mark, Mark was, okay. All right. Uh, met in 2013, the same year, actually, that Natasha and I met. Um, nice picture, by the way. Uh, dated for six months. Engaged in February of 2014, married in May 2014. Uh, they were uh, very, very young, 23 and 22. <laughs> Depends who you ask, right? Um, children, they have three beautiful girls, um, and they've been married for six years. Their actual anniversary is coming up here soon. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. And the third couple is um, Peter and Christina. Where are you? Oh, here you are. Kurkov. Yes. Please come on up to the stage. They met in 2018, dated for eight months. They were engaged in August of 2019 and married in March of 2020. The exciting wedding, you know, the 2020 wedding, March of 2020. <laughs> 
They were 22 and 24 on their wedding day, and they've been married for a very long time, seven months. So we're excited to have them here. Welcome, Peter and Christina. And for us, yes. And for us to get to know them better, we have a game, an icebreaker game. So I am going to ask you, all of you, to turn your chairs back to back, just like kind of when you walked in. So you're sitting back to back, back to back, back to back. And I am going to give you some tools, okay? So you each get a representation of a lady and a representation of a man. So each person gets the representation. Don't worry, there will be no violence. They're not going to resolve their conflicts. But we're actually going to play a game. You know one of those games that usually the groom and the bride play on their wedding day? When you ask them the question, who's going to do this or do that? So that's what it's for. But now they have some experience, so we'll see what real married life like or what they do behind, you know, the scenes. So the first question is, and you know how to play, right? I don't need to explain the rules. I say something, and you, if you think that it implies for your wife, you raise your ladies representation if you think that you are the one who is doing it more or better at you raise your uh, representation all right so let's see in your family who says sorry first <laughs> all right thank you who washes dishes more all right, there's some unity. Yes, there we go. Okay. Who vacuums more? Way to go. Way to go. Who changes diapers more? If you are doing it, or you used to, now you don't, but okay. Interesting, thank you. Uh, who is more spontaneous? All right. Who is more romantic? Who is more romantic? Way to go. That's the youngest couple, and they're the first ones to answer. Right. <laughs> Who is messier? Who creates more mess? I know it doesn't apply to the oldest couple here. <laughs> Both. Oh, that's, that's, that's a way to honor each other. Who is a safer driver? Who is a safer driver? All right. Who has more driving tickets? Mm, the real truth comes out, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Who is a better saver of money? Who saves money better? Who right. saves money? Okay. <laughs> Who washes bathrooms? Who washes bathrooms? Toilets, Cleans bathrooms. Cleans the bathrooms, yeah. And the last one. Who is more optimistic about life? 
All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So By the you way, you kind of get an idea of, of each family. Thank you. You can put those down. You won't need them anymore. By the way, this game at the wedding, that's the first point of conflict right there. Who's going to be washing dishes? No. Yeah. Yes. So thank you so much. And now we are going to ask them questions. So we've made a survey, a couple of surveys actually. One on Instagram, another one among um, young people, some students. Um, so these are the questions that are coming from uh, you guys. It's not just something that we came up with. And uh, hopefully they will be beneficial for you. And the first question is as follows. Yes, so the first question will be, um, and this question is uh, for both of you, man and the woman. What was the most surprising about marriage? I guess what was not as expected, good or bad? The most surprising thing about marriage when you married? So let's answer, uh, gentlemen, you may answer first and you have about one minute per answer and then the ladies will take their turn. So men take the responsibility and action. All right, let's start with uh, Peter. I guess they have the least, the most experience with being surprised. I think for me, um, kind of going into marriage, I've, I'm the youngest in my family and I've already seen a lot of people get married before me. So I kind of saw what they went through and so I wasn't really caught off by surprise, but what really surprised me is how close you can get with a person. What I mean is like relationally, intimately, all those things. Um, I, never, I never really like, when I was single, I couldn't really understand um, what it's like to be married. Is that person gonna be your best friend? Is that person gonna be someone you live with? How is that whole dynamic working out? But it surprised me that um, I got married and my wife's like my best friend. She knows everything about me. I know everything about her and I'm still going to know like more things about her 10, 20, 30 years down the road to find out more things. Just how close you can get to a person. I've never really experienced that level. I've had, I've had like best friends but not like this close. So, All right. How open can I be? Can I be open? Yes. So please don't judge too harshly. Um, so three things I was just kind of thinking, I added a couple, I thought about this before, but I added a couple things. So the first thing that surprised me is um, that I was not as a great, as good of a person as I thought I was. Mm -hmm. uh, before you're married, you think you're great, and then you get married, you realize how imperfect you are. Um, that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing that kind of surprised me, um, sex is different than, wh than what you think it is when you're single. Um, that's two. When you get married, come talk to me and I'll tell you how. <laughs> and I'm serious about that. This is important. Thank you for being open. And then a three, what surprised me, I'll just leave it at two for now. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. First of all, thank you so much for inviting us. And uh, whatever we say here, I'm speaking for myself, uh, keep in mind that this is personal experience. 
there's not going to be copy exactly like our family. So some mistakes that we made, hopefully you learn from them. But if we had some success or whatever, surprising, not surprising, it's not necessarily going to be surprising for you. I have to admit, my wife probably is going to say what's surprising, but I have to admit that after 13 years, it's, it's the 14th year that we live together, but we haven't been married for 14 years yet. And uh, honestly, I don't remember. I don't remember what was surprising. It's something like I've been with her my whole life, and I'm not pretending. I know it's boring, but I don't remember anything surprising. Ladies' turn. Um, so mine is kind of similar to Mark's. So as we know, we humans are not perfect, and we all come with baggage. And um, like, you know, you try your best to hide your baggage or to hide maybe just different conflicts or different things about yourself that you're like, oh, I'll put them away later, I'll put them away later. But when I got married, I realized that quickly um, some of my unresolved issues and conflicts that I was just putting away you know, in my, in my box were coming out and I had to deal with them because they were no longer only affecting me, but now because I'm one with Peter, they're gonna be affecting him too. So that forced me to just address some issues up front and we were able to do that together. Uh, for me, what was surprising, I never thought about this when I was single. When I thought of marriage, I thought just me and him. But when you get married, you marry him and you marry all the relationships that he already has, as in his mom, his dad. Okay, not like those kind of relationships that you're thinking and laughing, but uh, the relationships in his life. So his parents, you're going to get to know them very much. Uh, his friends, too, he's going to, well, hang out with them invite them over. So for me, what surprised me more is that I got to know his family a lot, and I just never thought of that. For some reason, I thought just marriage was me and him, but uh, I never thought about the, all the relationships that come with the person, too. Mm, very good point. Thank you. Okay. I, um, the only thing I could remember from so long ago is that I was surprised that you can actually get pregnant within a month even though I knew how biology works, it was surprising still, like, really? <laughs> and then another surprise, and uh, was a sad surprise that you can lose the marriage and you can have a miscarriage within the next month or so. So those two surprises kind of was, were something I didn't expect in marriage. Mm. Thank you for being open. Yes. Uh, so marriage isn't all about pretty flowers and I do's and weddings and sparkles. Um, there are some valleys too that you have to walk through together. Our second question is, actually came up several times in the surveys, so we felt like it was important. And that is, do you get bored and annoyed with the other person? And I think this would be a good question for those that have been married for a long time. So, do you get bored? Do you get annoyed with each other? And how you deal with it? Ladies first. It's up to you. No. <laughs> Why not? It's like the same person you see every single morning and every single night, and when you're in a bad mood, he's still there. And maybe the he's secret, in the bad the mood. The secret is she doesn't see me every morning. I leave to work, <laughs> I come back. 
I think you have to like the person you get married to, and I still like him. He's, he's not boring. Okay, they're, they're the perfect gun. Anyone wants to add to that? I'm sure Peter and Christine are not bored with each other yet. Well, I wanted to add, 2020 was an interesting year because a lot of people were laid off work. And Mark included, we had a couple months where, um, actually almost half a year, where he was at home and wasn't at work. So I can say this was the best year because he was home and uh, I feel like we drew closer. This was probably our best year of marriage that we've had, that, in my opinion. Let me ask you a question. Instead of you asking me a question, um, how are you not bored being single? That's the better question to ask. I'm bored when I'm by myself. I don't know about the rest of you. Well, see, they don't know the difference. You do. So that's why they're asking. Okay, okay. Actually, uh, I have a comment on this. I just remembered my wife recently <clears throat> set up her alarm where the, there's a voice in the morning. And the first time I heard it, I was like, the, the voice says, time to rejoice. this is a new day to rejoice at 5.30 a.m. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's so exciting. Got to get up in the morning. I you know, start praying. And then next day, it's like, this is a new day to rejoice at 5.30 a.m. And over like maybe a couple of weeks, I'm like, that's boring, <laughs> you know. It's not make me, not makes me excited any longer, and I think that anything, even you know, repeating the same phrase like uh, they say, you know, husband needs to tell his wife, uh, "I love you" every day, which I, I think I do say, but you have to be creative in even saying the same phrase over and over or texting it with different smileys and, and all that stuff because otherwise it gets boring. It's the same thing. So I guess whatever you do, whether it's single life, married life, you have to be creative. God gave us creativity, and we do get bored in a way with each other, but not that we start hating or, or um, getting annoyed with each other. It's just that you have to look for a different way to love each other. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, we're going to move to the next question, and this question is actually interesting because... I think a lot of people um, quietly ask themselves um, this question. And the question comes understandably because this is a big decision. You kind of figured out the single life. And you think, well, um, what if I move into marriage? how that's going to change my life, how hard that's going to be. So the question is for you guys, do you ever think that single life was easier? And please answer if you have an answer. Um, do you ever think that single life was easier? Oh, boy, you're putting me on the spot. Okay, I thought I was going to have some time to think. Here I go. So... Um, I think with everything, there's easy um, parts and there's hard parts. Um, I, I, I would say I was very um, comfortable being single, and I think it was probably because I had a lot of friends who were single, and we were able to like go on trips and do all these things, but I know over time, as your friends get married and you're like the very last one around, you're like, okay, where's my person? You know, like, what do I do now? But um, being married to Peter is amazing, but... Um, 
it, it, it's amazing and it's great, but um, being single, I was personally responsible for myself. You know, I didn't, I only had to think about me, making meals for myself, doing things for myself. But now there's another component. There's taking care of the house or taking care of Peter. So there's just more responsibility that I have to consider. Yeah. So it's not easier, it's just different. It's just different, yeah. Okay. But it's a good different. I love it. Because now I have a partner. You know, two are better than one. We're together, yeah. All right, thank you. Anyone else? Mark and Galia, you have small children. Um, this season of life is difficult. Anyone who had children or have children will tell you this. So do you ever feel like, I, I just wish I could be single for one day <laughs> or for, you know, 24 hours so you could actually get some sleep in? You, you know, this morning, actually, uh, <laughs> my oldest daughter, she's five. And I think they ate something bad yesterday because she comes to me at five, a little bit past five in the morning. She wakes me up and she goes, Mama, can you help me clean it up? And I'm like, no, I want to sleep. So I tell her, and I can clean up in the morning. And I think, no, I need to go clean it up. There's another daughter in there. like. Not pleasant, but you have to do it. There's things that are not pleasant, and you are the one that's there. Your mom's not there. You're the mom. So you have to step up and do it. You have to do a lot of stepping up. Anyone else wants to add to it? Single life is definitely easier in the sense of you get to go wherever you want to go, sleep whenever you want to sleep. Um, it's easier that way, for sure. Um, when I was when I was single, somebody called me up and said, "Let's go somewhere, you know, up uh, and I go." And then I got married, and they're calling me and say, "Hey, let's go to Banya at 11 p.m. and you got work tomorrow." Like, guys, come, like, are you serious? So it's 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 easier in that way. It's it is harder um, in the sense that when you're married already, you don't have to worry about who thinks what about you. You just kind of care what your wife thinks about you. Um, when you're single and you're trying to mingle, there's a, there's a certain tension going on between the guys, the girls, of you know, how people look at me, how I present myself, how to get someone to like me, that type of thing. So once you get married, that kind of goes away, and, and that, that definitely makes life easier. Thank you. You're being very practical. That's awesome. I think they said everything. So with um, kids and everything, and now you have to balance do schedules, do this and that, you have to think about the other person, and un unavoidably, you are going to run into some conflicts. Conflicts of interest, conflicts of values, I want to go on the road trip, no, I'm sleeping in, who wins, you know? So how in your family do you solve conflicts? What are your just, you know, what are you have learned or learning um, to basically resolve without uh, getting into big fights and all the ugly stuff? I guess since I have the least experience, I'll say my stuff and then everything else is going to be adding on from here. <laughs> so, um, Basically how we've been, we've been married for seven months, how we 
resolve, resolve our conflicts. Um, I think both of us just understand that we, we have to make this work and we want to make this work. And it really just takes two people that want to make it work to make it work. So Christina and I have that in mind. And so if we ever argue with each other, if we disagree, we realize we either have to have, find like a middle ground with each other or one of us has to like set aside our goals, our um, any, you know, set that all aside and basically um, give up your, your thing for the other person. Um, if we ever do fight, I usually, I'm usually the first one to come and I don't let it stay too long between a fight. I give us a little bit of time for us to cool down and then I'll come and I'll just hug my wife really tight. And so that's your way that's, of saying sorry? Yeah, so Mark's laughing, so he's going to build off. He has something else to say. <laughs> um, but it, it literally just like we just know that we're together and we're going to work this out no matter what. And then we just talk about it once we have ch a chance to like cool down basically. So Peter, I thought you loved your wife when you got married. What do you mean you guys fight? <laughs> so this is a really good quote I heard before I got married. The quality of your relationship is not on how many fights you have or how like not like many or less fights, but it's on how quickly you can resolve your conflicts or your fights. That's the quality of your relationship. And I think that really stuck with me. And so I've been trying to keep it at a minimum. Like if it happens, like get it out of the way quick. I was just gonna add on and because at the same time you're you're two people coming together, you know. Like he grew up one way, I grew up another way, you know? So there's there's things you have to come to a middle ground on and um yeah, it, that takes discussing and compromising. Yeah, it's part of marriage. We haven't heard much from the wisdom people here. Uh, an example of uh, a disagreement would be that one day we wake up, it's Saturday, and I think, oh man, so many things to do at home. Uh, I wish he helps me today. And he wakes up, it's Saturday, and he's thinking, okay, where should we go? Should we go uh, take kids to um, somewhere so they can play, park? Uh, let's do something fun. And at the end of the Saturday, somebody has to give in, and somebody has to be frustrated, and we learn to recognize. We learn to recognize <laughs> that we were upset with each other without having a conflict. Uh, because we never really like fight, not yell at each other. We don't throw things at each other. Just to clarify, uh, conflict could be a disagreement or just um, unresolved expectation or unresolved issue that somebody is upset about. Yeah, but I, I'm just thinking about how <clears throat> different we are as, as a couple too. We have our own experience, and um, I probably want to talk to a person or to people who are uh, people pleasers, because um, we started in our marriage in the first year, or maybe even more than a year, until we had the first baby, uh, we were pleasing each other, and we, like, literally, we didn't even have even conflicts or disagreements, like, whatever she says, like, yeah, let's do it, whatever I say, yeah, let's do it. And we didn't really um, voice our opinions. That's also a problem. And so that later on, it created bigger problems or conflicts 
not again, not that we were ever fighting or, or calling each other names or anything. God has mercy on us. But um, be, uh, be yourself. Don't hide it too much. Just be ready to sacrifice whenever the, the, the other person says, well, that's a good opinion, but I still have mine. Then you can, you know, sacrifice, but don't just cover it like, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. You know, if that makes sense. Thank you. This is this is very good. Um, and actually, the, I think the 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 next question is going to be uh, just for man, just for man. And it's practical. It's very practical. We'll start with Mark. Uh, but what did you do while single that helps you now in marriage? So while you were single, what? Something that you did then helps you now in marriage. I got a job. Awesome. That helps. Um, I, I read books, so I read quite a bit. Um, that helped me. So how Other, does it help you, Mark, reading uh, books? I, I read books about marriage and, and kind of what I should expect, what I should do. Um, other things that helped me is uh, my, uh, my dating life can fit on an index card. It's not very prolific or extensive. That really helped. It, it helped to me. There was less. So here's, here's, when you come to marriage, you should disclose and talk about where you've been, how, you know, kind of open up who you really are and where you've been. And the shorter the list, the easier it is to talk about those things. Um, so, so it's not almost, it's almost not like what you do, it's what you avoid doing. Uh, that uh, that's that's one. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Alex or Peter. Uh, there's a, I guess I'm kind of same as Mark. Got a job, saved up some money, read some books, all that stuff. Um, and adding on to what Mark said is being honest with Christina. And uh, I think when we were dating, we were just like, here's my flaws. Like literally just laid them all out. Each other, we told everything. And we're like, do you still want me? Do I still want you? Yeah, let's, let's, let's work this out. That's literally how it was. I mean, as, as far as we can see our flaws at the time. Another thing that I did, and this is actually something that Dennis invited me to. Uh, we had a program, and we still have this program called CTL at our church and this started last year and we did it again this year. And this is for men to stay accountable to each other for daily Bible reading and for purity, um, not watching pornography, not lusting in your mind. And that was huge. That I was put as a leader of one of these groups and for me that, and I, every guy, we have that daily fight, that daily struggle um, to keep our mind pure, to keep our thoughts pure. And for me, having accountability, having guys on my side that just helped me and like kept me, you know, pushed me like, hey, no, you're not gonna fall next week. No, you're gonna keep going, you're gonna keep going. That was huge for me. And it's, I'm still in that group and it just really oh, Peter, helped. I'm sorry, what does CTL stand for? Uh, CTL stands for Chosen to Lead. Um, we get together and we talk about um, how men can be basically men, how men can be leaders of the family. And this is not only for married people, this is also for single. 
So it's a really great program. Um, we'll probably do it again next year, and I would highly recommend every single guy here to attend CTL. Thanks for sharing that. <coughs> Thank you. Um, well, so the question is what helped me uh, when I was single. Unfortunately, I couldn't make up my mind for a long time which job to pick and, and all that stuff. I was super spiritual, I guess. I prayed. And, but um, what God helped me to figure out my um, purpose in life. And that's so important. I want to you know, emphasize this for guys. Because uh, if you know that you have certain kind of car, let's say if you have a Beamer, you're not going to shop for the parts that belong to Ferrari or Honda or Toyota. So if you know that God called you to be a good nurse or God called you to be, and I, I hate saying this, you know, like nurse, it's, it's not like the purpose of my life. But if you know that God is leading you to work here, to be in the ministry, to do this, then it's easier to find a helper because the wife is a helper to find someone who shares our purpose, who will befriend you and you will be, you know, heading the same direction and you will have the same interests and you will have similar, you know, maybe even backgrounds, maybe different backgrounds, but you have one goal, one purpose. And so I'm glad that my parents, my leaders, pastors, pastor of this church, a senior pastor, Sayenko, that is not with us uh, now, but they helped me to choose the right direction. And I don't regret that. I made mistakes. Maybe I'll mention them later, but um, I'm glad that I chose the right direction. All right. Thank you very much. I would like to ask the audience right now to participate. A little break. This is unplanned, but um, if you have a job, can you stand up? Just stand up if you, if you have a job. Was that for okay. men or for... No, if you have a job. Okay, thank you. Okay. Everybody you can... who stood as up as an eligible bachelor and bachelorette, go. <laughs> you can take your seats. Thank you. Thank you. No, this is, this is not a prank or anything like that. If you're in school, can you stand up? If you're studying to, to be... Um, to have a full-time job or thank you a lot of people okay you can take your seats if you uh, so this category is if you're totally uninterested um, in a job or a school and you're just going with the flow stand up right now okay that's what I thought that's what I thought good good thank you thank you let's continue so we've asked men how to prepare, and it sounds like the best thing you can do is to be stable, reliable, have a job that means you're stable and reliable, and to be in the Word of God. But what about ladies? The question is for you ladies. As a lady, what can you do to be marryable? So what can mm -hmm. I do, or what can these wonderful ladies do to get married one day? I feel like that's a question for the guys. 
But I mean, the ladies had to do something while they were single so that you, Mark, or Galia had to do something so that you would actually be attracted to her. So what was it that, she, that Galia, you did, and Ola and Cristina, what was it that, or what was it that you think helps you in marriage? And what is it that these ladies can do to get married one day and, you know, be thankful for what they're doing right now? Ola, let's start with you. Okay. Let's start with what you can do to not be marryable. Okay. <laughs> okay. How come so, nobody's taking notes? So, ladies, don't do this. Number okay. one. Number one is stay home. Don't come to youth services. Don't hang out with uh, good companies. Just stay home and wish for the prince to come over to you and take you onto his horse. That's one thing you can do to not be marriable. Um, I have, uh, a uh, Ruth is a good example. She wanted to get married. She got close to Boaz. Boaz. She understood that if I am interested in this guy, I better be somewhere around him because if he's interested in school, I, maybe I might, must be interested in school. Maybe I might be interesting to him if I learn what he's interested in. So that's one thing. And um, another part is the spiritual part. Um, I personally always thought that spiritual development, spiritual maturity was much more important than being... Um, physically attractive, so I, um, I prayed, and I stayed in, the, stayed in the Word of God. I tried to rely on God's promises, and I, uh, I always prayed that God, for God to change me and um, make, me, make me to the person He wants me to be. So, what about being open to God? Being open, open to, to God, God. staying God's word as well. Yes. So it's equally important for men yes. and for women. Yes. But what about physical appearance? Should we work important. on that? Yeah, it's important. Don't, okay. don't overdo your physical appearance, but take care of yourself. Um, be presentable. Be cute. Done. Be cute. <laughs> I can add Simple. to that. Yes. Be cute and be kind. If you're kind, you're very attractive. And if you're kind, but you walk around in a herd, the guy can't come to you. He'll be very afraid to come up and say, hey, you want to go out with me? Because you're with all your friends and you might say no. So, you know, if you go up and go get tea by yourself and he'll be like, oh, she's by herself. You know, he, he might be able to come up to you. Adilna. Over, over a month, Yachadil trying to get Gaila by herself to, to ask her out. Couldn't do it. It was just herds of people. And, you know, one of the fears that I had, we're all fear, we're scared of being rejected, right? I was scared of being rejected. I was more afraid of being rejected with all her friends there. Because they'd look down on me like, well, she rejected you. Why would any of us want to date you? Like, this is, this is. So I didn't, I didn't want to do that. That was kind of scary. Um, the other thing is... You, you know, you have these girls who dress up nice, makeup, this and that. I don't have anything against that, per se. And then they look nice, and then they, you come up to them, and you take a... 
And you're like, Господи, что это такое? The wicked of the West, you know? Lord, protect me and save me. So, you know, if this is all made up and looks cute and, and, and pretty, great. But if somebody comes up to you and your heart is not pretty, uh, just a total turn off. I'll be honest with you. God, I'm afraid that we don't have enough corners, you know, for people to split up and <laughs> be by themselves. Um, but thank you. Thank you for honest, honesty. Um, I guess I'm just going to bounce off um, a few things. But I was going to say um, about giving girl, girls giving guys a chance and guys giving girls a chance. I think sometimes we girls, we expect a certain guy. We have maybe a crush on a certain guy. But really, maybe that guy isn't into you. He will never be into you. That's the reality. Sometimes that's the case. And we just have these high expectations when really there's like this great guy who loves you and we won't give him a chance. And then it turns out we miss out on that great guy because we're just, we're just too, too, too up there. And we think, no, no, that's all right, you know? So I would just say maybe give that nice guy a chance because you never know. He might be the best guy out there for you. Um, another thing that I will say is for me, I, most of the time I was in ministry, you know, so I was like helping out at the church all the time. That's what I would kind of do for my free time. I loved it. And in, by being in ministry also, I learned different qualities. I learned different qualities like servitude or compassion and all those qualities. I was able to apply them to my marriage. So while you wait and while you're single, don't just sit here, you know, in your room or be like a single Pringle and be like, my husband's going to come one day. Do something with your life. Go to school. Get a job, you know. And in that, you're going to learn different gifts and talents that you can take home and be a blessing to your husband, to your family, and etc. Yeah. Talk to people in real life, not just on your phone, Snapchat, or Instagram. Mm. Please. Ooh. Wow. Um, Those are really good advices. Thank you, Christina. Yeah. I, I agree. Girls, get out there and do something. Work. You're going to learn a lot, for sure. Actually, bouncing off of what Christina answered her first thought is um, the next question. How did you know your spouse was the one? The one. So it, that applies particularly to your family, but what was it for you that you knew that your spouse was the one? Is, that's the question that came up a lot in the surveys. So how do you know that he's the right person? Okay, so I had this kind of prayer ever since I came to youth. I prayed this prayer that Lord, may the one who proposes to me be the one. And God had mercy on me all these years um, that Alex was the first one to actually make a proposal to me. And I, <laughs> of course, I, I don't advise you to pray the same prayer. Maybe your life could be a lot different, but that was my uh, desire. And God saw my desire, and um, that, that was my sign. Well, so that was the answer for your prayers. Uh, for me, it was a scarier thing. Uh, Mark just mentioned that he was afraid to be rejected. I actually had this thought in my mind that if I get rejected first time I propose, I'll become a missionary and go to Africa and leave there. <laughs> and true thing, I didn't <laughs> plan to stay in, 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 in the United States. 
but um, <laughs> what I think right now, uh, I, I actually believe this, that you will never know if this is the right one, 100%. Because I actually heard stories where people made like these, uh, ask for signs from the Lord, and then they got married and actually divorced later. So be careful with the signs. I mean, not that you, you can't pray for the signs or support from the scripture, ask people, because I was doing that too. I was actually once in my life, I was fasting for 10 days, and that was the only one time, you know, because I didn't know what to do next. I was fasting about my future wife. But what I think is that um, you will always have statistically about 50-70% of information that you need to make a decision on, maybe 80%. And you will never know until, you know, actually ask or, you know, talk with the person uh, if that's the one. That's the, the whole reason to ask you know, that person, are you going to get, are you, do you, will you marry me? <laughs> um, so pray, like I prayed, and then you ask uh, for wisdom from people, but also trust the Lord. And when you get married, know that no matter what's going to happen in your life, that's actually the one for you. Never say, oh, something's not working. Maybe that's not the one. She is the one for me, even if we have problems in our marriage. She's the one. I think this question might come from, uh, let's say like a guy is thinking if he should ask a girl out and he's like, God, is she the one? Is she the one? And Alex actually talked about over-spiritualizing something. Um, you know, Mark said we have a fear, like guys have a fear of rejection. We have a fear of, you know, that's it's a really big fear. So is your fear of rejection actually like making you so let me rephrase this um you're over spiritualizing it as in is she the one is she the one is she the one but in reality the the reason why you're indecisive is fear of rejection fear of other things don't mask spirituality with fear i would say because there's guys that will like a girl for one month two months six months one year two years and these guys are still praying, is she the one, is she the one? They're like thinking, is this the, is this the time to come up? And they'll follow this girl around and not even talk to her for three years. And, and then that girl gets married and this person's heartbroken. Like that happens, like two, three years. Like just pray to God and go for it. I think mean, that's my advice. Just go ask and worst thing is no, but best thing is yes. So to summarize it, like, be decisive. I don't, guess. Don't wait for too long. If you like the person, do something about it. If you've prayed and, like, don't wait, and then she gets married in three years, then she wasn't the one. <laughs> I wanted to add, too, uh, from a female perspective, is uh, have peace in your heart. God gives you that peace. Um, peace from God. Pray about it. Uh, if you have the peace in your heart, go for it. If he's... If he's a Christian, if he loves God, then if you're a Christian and you love God, you'll make a good couple. So for me, the biggest one was uh, when Mark asked is that I had peace in my heart. I'm going to say something that's not popular. Get married with your mind first. Well, don't get married. Um, like somebody with your mind first and let your, let your feelings follow. I'm not saying this is a rule, but I, I think too many people 
are their feelings are just all over the place, and they zero in to somebody, target found, and they go for it, and then they try to they try to find the logic to support their feelings, whatever that logic is, whether it's you know good logic or bad logic. The kind of the way I, I went about it, and I'm not saying this is the only right way. Uh, you guys are not probably not, not going to like this, but especially for the guys, what you do is you logically you figure out who would be a good person, who would be a good wife, who would be a good mom, who would be a good partner, a good friend. And once you figure that out with your mind, find people, find a person who fits that, start talking to them, and if you see things are going somewhere, let your feelings develop. Oftentimes, I think we just happen to be next to somebody. They happen to look at us, smile at us, whatever the you know, whatever the, whatever the case. Um, dress up a certain way, and our feelings get all over the place. And we're just like, okay, we got to marry this person, and then we, you know, off we, off we go without looking at is this the person the person I should be with? Is this a good person? Like, okay, you know, lovey dovey's great, but then you get married, lovey dovey goes, and the person stays. Is this a person you want to live with? Start the process backwards. Is this a person I want to live with? Yes. Let the feelings, let the feelings start developing. No, this person is not the person I, you know, I, I don't want to live with. This is not a good, good match. Close up the feelings. Find a, a different person. Don't, don't just feel like, just because I feel something for this person or, you know, I got this thought or idea, um, this is what I should do because this is destiny. It's not. You can and should control your feelings. Just a follow-up question. Um, sounds very practical and very, you guys took a very conservative approach. Uh, but what about for people, um, people say you should date, you should figure out, you know, test the person, test the waters, right? Um, date the person and see if you like them, and maybe something will happen. And then, um, would you advise that? Yes. What if it's third relationship in? So, the, okay, so um, Alex has, has I've, this is from a book, Alex has actually talked about this like 10 years ago, for some reason I remember I was still single. Here's the idea, if you're dating, date with a purpose. If you're dating for fun, you're either going to create heartache in someone's life, you're going to have sin in your life that you're just going to, it's going to be, you create more difficulties. If you're dating, date with a purpose. Like, if you ask someone out on a date, have marriage in mind. Like, however long it takes you to figure out, am I marrying this person or not? And I don't think that should take you, to, you know, 15 years, five years, or three years. You could, you could, should make a general idea of whether you're marrying someone within a couple months, I think. If you don't know whether you want to marry them within a couple months, uh, the answer is you don't want to marry them. Say, you know, thanks for going on a date with me. It was nice hanging out with you. Go in peace and uh, be blessed. I'm sorry. Question for Alex and Ola. Um, what if a couple is in a relationship one year in to the relationship, and they still haven't figured out if they're going to marry or not, or when they're going to marry. What would be your advice? I got one. Uh, well, 
I guess um, it's not like I'm changing my opinion about dating. I just want to see the definition of the word dating because dating itself was not even a term 100 years ago. People lived in their houses. They didn't have electricity. Even here in the United States, they would normally go to bed whenever it's sundown and they would not have Instagram or chat or any opportunity and no cars, nothing to get out and go somewhere. So when we, uh, re we, when we got all these um, conveniences and all the opportunities, we started talking about dating. Dating meaning just hanging out with someone and, and having fun with no uh, reason uh, except maybe having fun and, and, uh, and that's all. Now, uh, at the same time, uh, people in, in the current culture, in the current uh, times, they are actually abandoning dating. Statistically, in the United States, I'm not talking about Slavic community, I looked it up today, um, people who are randomly chosen adults, 5,000 adults were chosen by a respectable um, survey team, and they and 50% of them answered that we are not interested in dating or having any serious relationship or even contacting other people. We're just fine. We just have our own life. We have our computers. We have uh, fun with the dogs, with uh, with the clubs, and all that stuff. We are not interested in any kind of dating. You know, we're talking about non-believers. So same-sex marriage, nothing that that direction. 10% of the people are kind of interested in casual, and then 40%, that's less than half of the population, possibly interested in some kind of dating without any serious purpose. Only 14% of all the population in the United States, supposedly, are interested in dating and then lay, later getting married. Okay, so we're actually having problem with the young people not willing to build any relationships. You know why? So the reason, the deeper reason is that if somebody is dating, so to speak, for a year, do they really understand what the marriage is about? Because God clearly commanded in the book of Genesis what's going to happen and what people should do in marriage. They should have kids. The problem is that in the United States, we live in the hookup culture. Hookup culture, I just spend time with you and we drift apart and I don't care about any serious relationships because I want to live my selfish life. Not blaming anyone, any single person in this auditorium. I'm just saying what's the situation in this world. So if somebody cannot make up their mind, most likely they're selfish. They're just having fun because somebody is interested in them. And if they don't talk it out, and just just move on, you know, uh, go with the flow, uh, with no purpose. That's a huge problem. That's not normal dating. Dating, in a sense of getting to know person within, you know, limits or boundaries of purity, is okay. Okay. Um, I know this might sound, if you translate that in Russian, a little bit kind of harsh, but if we know, you know, this term, building relationship, making the first step. Uh, getting to know another person in youth, in church, within that company, Christian company, where you spend time, that's normal thing. Just don't make it too long because otherwise it seems like you have no purpose about your relationships. For those girls who are like me, um, I personally was intimidated by the word dating. 
Um, there have been people who asked me to go to a restaurant with them, and I told them no right away because for me it was just weird. You know, like going to a restaurant with a guy, I don't know. Like starting a relationship on that note, it, 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 to me it sounds strange. So However, time. Alex was very creative. Just a second, <laughs> about restaurants. Uh, our friends actually set it up for us one day. It was before we even started, uh, you know, getting closer. They set it up and we ended up with like five couples and us single sitting across the table in the Olive Garden. And I didn't even think about, you know, at first. And I'm like, what's wrong with this setup? <laughs> oh, I guess I have someone to talk to. So my alternative and um, what I really appreciate is having a little company of friends or a little um, community where you get together at the cell group, you get together and meet regularly. And in that group, um, I got to know him a lot better than I think I would if we were dating in a traditional sense. Anyone else wants to add anything? I feel like this was deep. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say um, a great place to uh, meet people, once again, is like ministry. And a great place is um, to kind of just see what people are all about is maybe like camps or different activities because through camps and different activities, you can see their worth ethic, you can see their personalities, you can see, oh, wow, he's kind of lazy. You know, he's cute, but he's not lazy, so not for me, you know? Or he's lazy, he's not for me. Or, you know... Um, you could see how they treat other people. So that's that's a really great place to kind of just keep it a lookout for. I remember as like a young girl always being told like, hey, hey girls, like just so you know, guys are always like watching out for you. So like watch out for your behavior and be kind and stuff like that. Well, I would say the same thing for you guys too. So I remember like when I was single too, you know, because you're, you're like, you never know who your husband's going to be. I remember just kind of just paying attention. Like maybe I liked a certain guy and like from a distance I would be like, huh, how is he treating his friends? You know, how is he treating other girls? Is he helpful or is he just sitting around? And that like gave me a lot of information about what type of person he was and, and if he were to ask me out, if I would just say yes or no. But also I would say um, with dating, um, sometimes it... It takes a lot of guts for someone to ask you out, and I'm not saying you need to like say yes to like the first person that asks you out or say yes to everybody. But sometimes, sometimes someone's just like, "Hey, let's go hang out." You can go a public place, like a like a coffee shop, or go in separate cars and just have a conversation with that person, you know. And then from there, you don't have to call it anything. You could just call it like a you know, just a, a coffee moment or something. And then from there, if it leads to something else, great. If not, you're like, okay, I just learn something new about somebody or you just met a new friend or something, yeah. Um, I'm going to add to what Mark said, uh, dating with a purpose. Uh, when I was about like 15 or 16 years old, I went, uh, my friend had like a family camp or whatever, and I had a lot of fun there. We played, you know, all the typical Russian volleyball, CMHK, whatever. And I met his cousin and his cousin was really cute. I kind of like, the feelings were there. And at the end of the camp, I asked her out and her first idea for a date was to um, basically come to my house in Ording, and we had like a river, basically like a trail we can walk by. And I was just like, after the feelings wore off, I was like, man, what did I do? Like, she wants to come to my house, she's gonna meet my mom on the first date. 
I'm like 15, 16, what am I doing? I'm like, I'm so dumb. I'm just like, and since that moment, and like, I just put it in my head, I'm not going to ask anyone out until I know I'm 100% ready for marriage. Uh, the feelings were there. I just, it was, it was a really dumb thing. And I actually ended up really hurting her because I kind of didn't know how to now say, actually, no, we're not, I'm not going to take you on a first date. So it turned out really bad in that situation. But um, just date with a purpose, 100%. And since we're running out of time, we're going to ask the last question, and then um, you will, after all the answers, <clears throat> Alex has a word for all of us. Is hugging slash kissing <clears throat> a personal conviction, or this is a purity issue that is black and white? So whether... Can couple allow themselves, okay, well, I believe that hugging is fine. Or somebody says kissing is fine. Purity. Is it black and white in the relationship? Some things are absolutely allowed and other things are absolutely not allowed. You mean before the marriage? Before the marriage we're talking about. I things. haven't heard about half hug or half kiss. or It's definitely either a kiss or not a kiss. So it's black and white. So purity is black and white. Are you allowed to kiss before the wedding? No. No. I mean, unless it's your mom or your siblings, of course. We're talking about the relationship between... Uh, no. 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 Okay. Definitely no. Is that a biblical stand or a personal conviction? Are you asking me or everyone? Uh, is that a biblical stand or a personal conviction? Everyone does. And whoever has the answer, please answer. Uh, Paul writes, um, I've been reading 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians recently, and he's giving advice to single people, married people, and he tells them to, it is good for a man not to, some translations say, touch a woman, some translations say, have sexual relationship, relations with a woman, but he's like, for the sake of immoralities, a person should get married. So um, I, is, it, is it black and white? Does the Bible say you can't hug? No, the Bible doesn't say you can't hug. But um, it, it says there's other clear definitions. But basically, how I would sum it up is, um, you know, when you're and this is when we were early on dating, we were setting boundaries. And this is me with, I had no experience in any kind of stuff like that, but even in my head, I already knew, like, uh, to set boundaries because it all starts with holding hands. I'm like, oh, nice, holding hands is fun for a little bit, and then I was like, you know what we're going to do next if we do that? We're going to hug. And we're hugging, and we're this close, and what do we do next? We kiss. And when you're kissing, you guys are basically up in each other's spaces, and what do you do with your hands? Are your hands at your sides like this? No, your hands are around the person. And then at that point, you're touching stuff. And it basically, the question is, is it okay to do all these things? I'm going to say no that Paul says for to not you know, touch a woman to get married. Um, don't have that kind of relationships outside of marriage. But it's a really slippery slope, especially when all the emotions are in there and the feelings and the love. And it's it just it's going to lead straight to the next step. I want to add to, think about what you would do in front of her parents or in front of his parents 
So if you're doing something that you wouldn't do in front of the parents, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, um, I would like to expand on that because, yes, um, you have to also talk about it without uh, any reservations with another person. When I proposed to my future wife, I actually, the first time, not the first time, but when she said yes next day, uh, the first thing we talked about, we talked about our boundaries. Okay, so I told her that I would like to, I would like to save you for myself, sort of like that, but in Russian, and we're not gonna kiss before the marriage, even though we will be engaged and all this stuff, and we don't regret about it. But I don't want to leave uh, no grace for those of you who might have made a mistake. I understand that you may have, you know, actually messed up in this area. Know that God is God of grace, and He will forgive you but um, he's not going to lower his standards. And I want to show you something. I want to actually show you a visual. Uh, my wife is going to help me. Ola. Um, being a teacher, actually, I just noticed that all of these guys, they, they taught in, in some capacity, whether in camps or uh, teenage classes, whatever. But um, I want to show you the representation of your life. Okay, I have these beads and uh, there's about 70, 75 beads. Each bead represents one year of your life, right? And then I have these green and purple bean, beads. And I have uh, seven beads that I put after 12, first 12 green beads. Guess why I chose a different color here? What does this represent? Say, say it louder. Pink probably stands for love. Love, okay. Uh, other guesses. So out of 70, 70, 80 maybe years of your life, there's some years that are very important. The teenage years. Teenage, right. Whenever it starts teen, 13, be really careful. I think most of you are at that age, maybe a little bit older, doesn't matter. But this is really, really important part of your life. And whatever you do here, it's like the 10th of your life. It's interesting, seven years out of 70, approximately. But whatever you do here will have impact on the rest of your life. And that's why it's very important to pray to God for wisdom. You heard many advice today or recommendations, but ask God for wisdom. Ask God to send wise people in your life. Maybe that's your mom and dad. Maybe that's a pastor. Maybe it's a book like Mark mentioned. He was reading books. I was listening to the tapes uh, before making important decisions. But remember that these years are so crucial. If you make mistakes here, they might actually catch up with you when you're 30, 40, or 50. When you will be standing on your knees and praying for your kids and saying, why did I do this or that? Be serious about your decisions and know that God is going to bless you in life abundantly if you're faithful here to Him. If you choose to follow His commandments, His standards, don't lower the standards because he is a holy God, and He will bless those who are holy. That's my wish for everyone. May God bless you. Can I ask a follow-up question? I can't help it, but because you gave this visual, 
Does saving yourself sexually for marriage, so you're, you know, you don't have sexual relationship before you get married, is this a guarantee that you're going to have a good, blessed, satisfying marriage? Well, again, uh, sexual relationships, that's just part of um, being married. So, uh, of course, we will have, everyone who gets married will have some kind of problems and challenges to overcome. And we can't really connect everything what happens in the married life, some tests and trials, to our youth necessarily. But, of course, if you keep yourself pure, the Bible has promises, and I believe the Word of God. The Bible says that the pure in heart will see God. That's one of the Beatitudes. If you keep yourself pure, you will see God working in your life. You will see God blessing you, even though it might be painful. You're going through some hard times, but you know you have this foundation that you are open before God. You're transparent. You're pure. And then God's blessing, His, even His presence, like His peace, His help will, will be with you in the marriage. I can't promise that this is going to be an easy thing. Even sexual relationships, that's not just a just automatic magnet like after you know 10 years of marriage you don't just get drawn to each other you have to work on it you have to be creative in all uh, areas but definitely purity will be blessed by God that's the promise of God and I believe it thank you that was a pretty good answer thank you very much I think we're at a point before we switch and go to the next part which is going to be I gather where um, we want to finish right. Um, I personally was edified and encouraged. Um, there's hope when you get married. Thank you. I want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for making sacrifices. And we know that some people made real sacrifices to be here. Um, may God bless you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being vulnerable and being honest. I would like to ask you um, to pray for us, for the youth, for our brothers, for the man, and also for the sisters, um, and bless us. And, and what's in your heart, what God placed in your heart that you would pray? Uh, we have ministers here, um, and bless the youth. Alex, would you lead us in this prayer?